You're listening to a Between the Lines Studios podcast. You can learn more about this show and other Between the Lines shows at BetweenTheLineStudios.com. Welcome back to the Elementary Podcast, the podcast about CBS's show Elementary. I'm Tavs. And I'm Naomi. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 22, Risk Management. This episode, Moriarty calls Holmes to have him look at a several-month-old unsolved murder of a mechanic. Holmes learns that the mechanic was surveilled by a private investigator whose founder's sister was killed 20 years ago. Uh, Basically, it's a long, twisted, convoluted murder that should never have happened. And Holmes uh, solves it and receives an address and a choice to lead a safe life or find out about Irene and why she had to die. So, of course, he picks the safe life, and that's the end of the episode. Just kidding. <laughs> and, that's, you know, and, and he goes off and, uh, right. and moves to upstate New York and raises bees. garden and keeps bees. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, never just... does anything with crime again. Right. Uh, no, instead, he lies to Watson and heads off to the address given to him. And Watson, of course, is very smart. Follows and comes, him. Follows him. And they find, da da da, Irene. Crazy. It's like someone said and, that and Irene... And the truth about why she had to die is the fact that she didn't die. <laughs> and, oh. So, yes, I will There's go no back. reason. Go back to <laughs> M in the episode M where I said, she's not dead. Da 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 da. Yeah, I, I think right. we both, did we both say that? Well, I, I, t- I said that they never said that they found her body, and then you had brain explosions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But yes. But I, I think I also was, was looking at the idea that, um, it's like, I, I know I've thrown out a couple things, and it's like, I, w- I would really like the idea that more, um, Mycroft, instead of being Sherlock's brother, mm-hmm. is his father. Yes. Or, conversely, the fact that Sherlock's father, who we've been hearing all these bad things about, actually is M. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, because... That, that would be... That's it. Moriarty. Yeah. That would be super cool. That would be. Um, but yes, that... Even even more twisted and, you know... Well, and it would... Ex- Therapy-inducing. I remember when we were discussing it, it's like it would explain why Irene had to go, because his dad is obviously very controlling, and, um, yeah, you could see him getting rid of her because of how he affected Holmes. Yep. Um, but who knows? Who knows what's going on? All I know is she's alive. <laughs> she's alive. Yes. Um, it was... It was and a fantastic that, that scene. scene. I oh, can, can we just? I, I, I remember I am a Johnny fangirl here. <laughs> so they they walk into the house and he's hearing that this and, and he's seeing the the, the paintings mm-hmm. and it's slowly like I mean you can see him working through it where he's not believing. Mm-hmm. He's like okay. I know what that painting is, mm-hmm. and I know that that's her painting. But then it's like, no, that's no, no that one is is still like her style, and just his acting. Mm-hmm. Oh, his acting! I mean, and it, and it truly is just acting because there was no words. Right. And I'm sure that like if you saw the script, it was Sherlock walks through the the house mm-hmm. and looks at these paintings and then you know walks into the room and sees Irene mm-hmm. and so the choices that he and the director made at this point were just I was I I, I am not ashamed to admit I was nearly crying mm-hmm. at the end when he was crying mm-hmm. and just seeing him break down 
was just so heart-wrenching and beautiful at the same time. It it was (sighs) very, I mean, it was not something I would have picked for, for Sherlock at all because, you know, the character himself is not super an emotional guy. But the Sherlock that we've been building this whole season, the Sherlock that, that you know, that was an M that was, like, so badass and so angry and so mean towards who he thought was Moriarty, that Sherlock, uh, yes, this was perfect. It was pitch perfect how he should react. And not only that, but Watson's acting in that scene when she hears him say mm-hmm. Irene, like, that was beautifully done, too. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those times where I, I just sat there and I'm like, Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are two amazingly incredible actors mm-hmm. who are like at the top of their craft and they've won awards and they've gotten acclaim and we get to see them every week or, you know, once every two months mm-hmm. in, in our case. Uh, but they are doing this on our TV. Right. And how did the how did all of the stars align but it, it just it was such a perfect scene it was such a perfect scene and i'm still just i mean yes the fact that i mean is alive mm-hmm. I, we we said you know back at the, at the season uh, mid-season that that could be a possibility right. and it, it adds so much to okay what why is she alive why didn't she contact him and there's all of that but just the the, the beauty of that scene i am still Oh, yeah, he that, that, he that, sold it's it. gonna that that scene is going to end up like being taught as master classes and right. acting all over the place <laughs> for years to come. I know that it's just so gorgeous, so gorgeous from from an actor's standpoint, and I just am in awe. What's in the awe it's of the that level scene. of acting that I don't rarely I like I rarely see on the big three, you know, CBS, ABC, NBC. Mm-hmm. It's kind of acting that you get a lot in the in the shows that are like usually critically acclaimed, you know, in the in the Showtime historical documentaries or something like that. You know, um, it's not something you get on a CBS show very often. Is this and it's hard. I mean, just think about it. You if you had to pretend <laughs> to be like that, and I don't know, I I'm very Wait, which to is, be like that. Which, which is why I mean, I'm not too. I mean, it, it, you, there, there is the idea of the sort of level of actor, and you have TV actors, mm-hmm. and then you have movie stars. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and you can you can throw out the saying, you know, there's no small role, only small actors, mm-hmm. and that that is true. I mean, you can take you can have someone that has no clue what they're doing, and they're in a scene where all they have to do is walk across the street and say, "Oh, do you know what time? Excuse me, do you know what time it is?" Mm-hmm. And it could just be someone walking across the street and saying, excuse me, do you know what time it is? Or you could have someone who is studied in, in the craft and, and invests in it and comes up with this insane backstory of why they're crossing the street, mm-hmm. why they need to know what time it is, why why don't they have their watch because their watch did this and that and something broke or they were late getting out, whatever. And when it comes across, it's like you don't really pick up on it, but you know that that is something extra so there are there are levels of actor and these are two stars i mean these they are just amazing and so the fact that they are on on this tv show they are bringing absolutely top-notch a plus star quality Mm -hmm. to this and so is uh, just 
and you can forget about that because oh it's just a tv show <laughs> and it's just it's it's just one of those you know on air channels right. so it's, it's one of the three channels that you know okay that's what you watch you know jeopardy and what what else right you know the news is on there and if you want good quality tv you have to go to you have to pay for that it's on cable but these guys are just amazing they are so amazing yes and I am very excited that Natalie uh, Dormer is playing Irene. She is a fantastic actress, too. If you don't know, she was mm -hmm. um, Amberlynn in The Tudors, and she's on Game of Thrones. So, yes. great, great actress. Her character on Game of mm -hmm. Thrones is amazing. Yes. Her, char her character on Game of Thrones. Yeah, her character on Game of like, Thrones. Yes. Like, the, the actual character in the books, kind of stupid character. I will readily admit that. She's, like, two-dimensional character. Her character on, on the TV show, oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, but Natalie, Natalie, I love her acting. She's so great. She she can bring it too. So I can't wait to see to see her other than just sitting in a chair, turning around. <laughs> I didn't get spoiled on that, so I was very, I was happily surprised that it was her. Yeah, that was like, I, I think right as this episode aired is... And, and like the internet went, well, Tumblr went crazy with pictures and there was like something about Irene mm. and I didn't know if they were just doing flashbacks or this or that. And that's, that's when I discovered Tumblr Savior and I was like, yep, I've got a block elementary <laughs> on Tumblr now. Um, I don't want to know the how we see Irene or who Irene is. Mm. Um, so I knew that Irene was blonde. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Uh, so other than the ending... The, the the rest of the episode's really good too. <laughs> so we pick oh, yes. we pick up uh we pick up where the cell phone dropped you know where we stopped the right stuff. as we left off right when we left off which left. I thought was fantastic um and I I was wrong in the last episode I said that the web reference was in the last episode it was in this episode when when Moriarty's talking to him um he hires Sherlock to solve a case which I thought was brilliantly twisted yes like okay there we go yep uh i'm not gonna hire you to be assassin but i thought you'd be really good at it um so yeah and if he solves a case he will give sherlock all of the answers um and we figured out what that answer was <laughs> um and of course watson is worried about Holmes, worried about that this case is a trap um worried that the sherlock will go crazy again like he did in m um and the case itself was crazy. It was great. It was a great twist. I yeah. did not expect the twist. No, not, I mean, that was, and, and I don't know if it was, I, I don't think I was paying quite enough attention mm. to the case. So I was like, okay, what is the angle? How does it fit in with the overarching, right. you know, okay, do they, do they know Moriarty somehow? How are we trying to, so I wasn't really focused on on the case i was trying to figure out you know how how did it fit in mm. to moriarty right and so when we got to the end and it was like oh and then oh right. oh <laughs> like okay, the whole so yeah like the whole time okay so for, for folks let me recap for folks that don't remember so holmes is supposed to solve this case of a murdered mechanic wallace who was supposedly murdered during a mugging sherlock finds the killer his name is sutter finds out that Sutter's sister had been killed supposedly by 20 years yeah supposedly by Rourke and so Sutter wanted revenge simple right no Moriarty says you're missing something 
So yep. he didn't kill, Rourke didn't kill Sutter's sister. Rourke didn't see his well, sister the, the whole, the, being The whole thing was that he, he's, he witnessed in it. The, in the book that he wrote was that he said that he witnessed, right. that he walked in at the end of his sister dying. Right. And so he saw the man who, who killed his sister right. and has had this revenge. Right. And, and then we find out that, that it, he didn't see him. Right. It was, <laughs> it was his love it affair. Was, <laughs> it turns out later to be his wife. Yep. Um, who who saw it? Who saw it? And then she she saw it wrong, and it wasn't actually this guy. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this sort of triple twist. Well, no, it's not even that and... she saw it wrong. It's that she because he was like because he was so beside himself after the anniversary that he was going to kill himself. That she convinced herself that sh- this guy that she saw a picture of older was the guy when he wasn't the guy. Um, yep. and that she was okay with him not being the guy was really the twisted part of it. Um, yeah. And it's like, okay. I mean, I get that you want your husband to feel better, mm-hmm. but you don't sacrifice someone else just so that way he can do that. Right. And that's, yeah. Yeah. So up until this time, I thought it was just, I thought just thought it was the wife had done it. <laughs> You know, we find out that that he didn't see it, and I was like, oh, then she did it, obviously. Then I was like, oh, no, she didn't do it, but, man, she almost, she pretty much did. I thought she had killed the sister. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was just so twisted. It was great, though. I was like, wait, what? I love it. Because all of a sudden, there's there's Joan, like, interviewing her, saying, so when did you guys Mm -hmm. first meet? And I was like, wait, what? What's going on here? <laughs> He's confessed. What? What's happening? Right. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, I mean, I love it. I, I love don't it when understand. I love it when mystery shows can surprise me because you know there's there's only so many ways to kill somebody and and there's only so many ways to write mysteries and they're they're doing a good job with the the double twist. You're like, oh man, yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah, you, I mean, it's like. You know, how many, what, what is, when you get down to it, what are the reasonings mm-hmm. for killing someone? Yeah. Is it, is it a crime of passion? Is it revenge? Yeah. Um, and I mean, that, that's really like the, the big two. There's not a whole lot of, of variation on that. Um, is, uh, maybe it's the idea of protection. You know, if someone found out something that they shouldn't, so they have to die. Right. But this, like the reasoning that this guy died is, you first it's like oh it's revenge but then it's no it's actually love mm-hmm. because she was trying to save her husband by giving him an outlet right. and wait so this is like a new reason to kill someone <laughs> that i've never seen before yeah there's there's four there's four murder motives for murder one is love slash sex one is greed one is revenge and one is madness so you know all all mysteries all murder mysteries come down to one of those um, reasons. And you can say accidental is kind of like a form of, of madness, accidental murder. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, this, this was, this was good because it was, it was like a, it was like a twisted version of all of them. You know, he killed, he killed before revenge and she didn't mind like assisting in this murder because she loved him. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but I did like, I did like Holmes said that he would find, they would find the, the murder. And when he's talking to, Set her at the end, and the guy's like, "Justice wouldn't be served unless I throttled him with my bare hands." And Holmes walks walks out, and he's like, "Well, maybe Moriarty's just trying to show me what happens when revenge, you know, is is your motivation for doing anything." 
Um, and I don't know if that's what Moriarty was really trying to do, but I thought it was a good, a good life lesson for Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm glad yep. you see that this, this ruined like a whole bunch of people's lives. Yeah. But the, the other thing that I really liked that, um, that did stand out to me mm -hmm. was we have Watson being observant mm -hmm. because the, the, the big thing about, you know, the breakthrough that, that Sherlock had in the case of the mechanic is, oh, this isn't his cell phone and his cell phone came from someplace else. And the easiest way to track a person in the world is to track their cell phone. Right. And so when he goes off on his own and Joan is just like showing up there, he's like, wait, how are you here? Because the easiest way to track a person is by tracking their cell phone. Yep. And she duplicated. Yes. She duplicated the phone. There you go. Yeah, that was so great. I love it. I love that that Watson is leveling up in her detective skills. I think that's fantastic. It's it's a nice addition to the story because a lot of the a lot of the joking and kind of stuff about Watson in the the original stories is oh he's just kind of like hanging around doesn't really serve a huge purpose in the stories. So to have Watson kind of training up to be a detective in her own right. And Gregson even says it, you know, you're becoming a great detective on your own. Um, that's that's a nice way to to modernize Sherlock Holmes story. And and from the beginning, we've said that, you know, she is a smart person. Mm -hmm. And the, the great thing about Sherlock Holmes is it shows us how logic and observation can be applied if you just if you apply yourself. Right. It's like everyone could be Sherlock Holmes if they worked hard enough. Right. And here is Joan, and she is working at it. Yeah, that's great. And I love the little moments of, of Sherlock opening up about who Irene was, and uh, I loved all those little bits in between because they inform Watson. And we had in the last mm -hmm. episode the idea that, you know, when she asked him, how is this time different? And he's like, well, basically because I have you. Um, I... I like that. I like that that platonic relationship we see growing and growing and being more more intense. I think I, I really like that. Oh yes, very much so. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes down with Irene back in the picture. If that pulls them apart or brings them together, or you know, I don't know. And yeah, I'm I'm just really super excited to be able to watch the next episode. Mm -hmm. I, that that ending, I know we talked about it in ad nauseum, but that ending was just, it was heartbreaking oh. and moving and like, oh my gosh, I need to watch the next episode now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, like I said, that, that clip is is something that is going to be shown and over and over because that is just such great acting. Yeah. Such great acting, yeah. and I'm like, I, there needs to be a museum for acting, and <laughs> you can just have these video monitors with clips playing over and over, yeah. and that that scene needs to just be one of the showpieces yeah. of the Museum of Acting. Yeah, that and um, uh, Dexter when he finds a certain someone, a certain place. I won't spoil it for anybody, but yeah, that, that's the kind of acting that I that I love. You know that that tear your heart out they like you forget that you're watching a tv show you forget that this is mm -hmm. make-believe you know you you just want to cry and scream and yell with them i i love that and especially when it's for reasons of acting mm -hmm. and not because the writer the, the writers got stupid right. or something right. I, there, there's there's been many a times where i've yelled and cried <laughs> and screamed at the tv but it's because the writers were stupid right. and so far even even with like the episodes that were like 
Yeah, we know that they can't all be the the, the ratings sweep weeks mm-hmm. level episodes, but you know, so there, these are these are the valleys for the season. Mm-hmm. Even those ones, the writing was still excellent. Right, and it's like I think I think the only difference that, between awesome. I think the only difference between the the regular episodes and the mid season and these these last two that we've been talking about today, this one, this episode, and the one before is um, how intense they are. It's not because they're mm-hmm. they're better writing or worse writing or anything like that. It's just more the stakes are higher. Uh, yeah, but there's always. I mean, you you always have at least one. They're like, oh yeah, there was a reference to the books mm-hmm. in this thing, and oh that was a reference, and maybe there isn't a lot of references, or maybe they're you know just sort of throwaway things. Right. Like there was the one that opened at the AA meeting right. where Sherlock is just talking. And you're like, oh yeah, that was a case, right. and it had absolutely no bearing on anything right. else. But it was still. The, the writing is just so smart and the level is so consistent. Right. Um, I mean, th- there are some TV shows where you are like, oh, this person wrote the episode. It's going to focus, uh, you know, this character as their A personality. And then the other writer comes in and the personality of that character completely changes. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's because this person wrote the episode. Right. And it's or just even, so consistent. Or even, um, you know, this, this this writer came in and all of a sudden, you know, this character had emotional breakthrough and we feel like at the end of the episode they've learned something, they've moved away from, you know, the person they were to something else. And the next one comes along and you're back at square one. And you're like, wait, yep. I thought we had a breakthrough. And I, that's what I love about Holmes and Watson and Gregson even and Belle. I feel like those characters have moved from where we first met them. And... Oh yeah, and that they will continue to keep moving. Like we see them progressing, and that's that's when you know you have a good show. Is when your characters develop and don't go backwards. You know, they don't go back to square one. I mean, as much as I love <laughs> Frasier and and Cheers and shows like that, it gets super frustrating when you're like, you just learned, <laughs> you just learned something. Well, why don't you see, with, progress? <laughs> well, with Frasier and and well with comedies, mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to forgive that. Right. Oh yeah. Um, it's supposed but like that's what's supposed that, to happen. The house. Right. Okay. That was the reason that I stopped watching house mm. was because I was like, you were just, it was the, the Tritter arc. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you went to rehab and you did this and you've been off of these drugs for a month and all this happened. And now this is finally over. And you're like, yep, I fooled him. Ha ha. I'm going to start taking Vicodin. Right. And it's like, no, <laughs> you just went through all of that struggle. I, I was so upset. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, I, I, I did. I just like raged quit <laughs> from house. I was like, no, right. Or no, I threw the remote across the room. I was like, not watching that anymore. Right. Or when I rage quit bones, it was because there was this great touching moment between Angela and this guy and they, you know, they made up and then literally two scenes later, they're like, oh yeah, we're not together anymore. And you're like. You had this big moment. You had this like giant emotional cleanse and you kissed and it was like amazing. And then you're like, oh no, we're not together anymore. And it's like, no, you can't do that to to your viewers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Either we're not together or we are together. Stop doing that. Yeah. It has to make sense. There's people who who watch, uh, who are fans of the West Wing, there's the whole... um, josh donna Mm -hmm. relationship and was like 
we got into this, uh, what was it, season four, I think. And it was like, okay, at the end of the season, they, they have to. like, And it was moving towards that. But then Aaron Sorkin left as showrunner. And the guy who took over was like, yeah, I don't really see the appeal to this. And I mean, he didn't completely reset everything, but it was just like, no, wait, there was all of the, the last four years. What just happened? And we're ignoring that completely now. Yep, we're ignoring it completely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this show, very excellent with keeping the characters. I hope they continue on through the finale and season two, um, because sometimes you get a shakeup in writers and bad things happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't once looked to see who the writers are, and that's that, that really is a good thing because it doesn't like it hasn't mattered who the writer is. Right. But like I said, there are certain shows where you start watching that episode and you're like, Oh, this character is acting like this mm-hmm. and is in love with that person. Mm-hmm. So Bob Smith wrote this episode. Right. I know that. Yeah. I will I will though tell you that I did look up this writer and it one of the writers uh, the story was basically written by one of the writers on house, so <laughs> But she's great. I love her. Probably, Liz, probably one of the early writers. Liz Friedman. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, but yeah, she wrote some of my favorite episodes of House. Um, but I think that's it for us. Great episode. Yeah. Cannot wait to watch the next one. Yes. Very, very. Uh, <laughs> I mean, are they gonna? Are they going to go exactly where it ended? Mm-hmm. Are there? Is there going to jump? Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm, yes, I'm excited. We will find out soon, because we have it waiting for us. <laughs> yep. Uh, that is the nice thing about and, us. And we're going to be done before season two. I know, it's fantastic. Yay! Um, yes. And it's so awesome. Like, I was I was thinking, I saw the um, one of the new promos for season two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're going to have things to discuss besides just the episodes. <laughs> There's going to be ratings and articles, Amazing. and I can I can go on Tumblr again. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Oh. All right. Well, that's it for us from Elementary. We'll be back next time with the season finale for season one. Uh, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. The Elementary Podcast is part of Quadruplec.com and Between the Lines Studio Network. Our theme song is Snow White Violins by Kumji. Make sure to check out his music by visiting KumjiBand.com. This podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license. Grr. Gah. Yay, me.